Hello, everybody. Before we start today's episode, I am so excited to announce that we officially have a new sponsor of Simply Finance with Shane White, and that is Routine. Um, I actually had one of the founders of Routine on the podcast as one of my early on founder series episodes uh, back in 2020. And um, they are now officially the sponsor of Simply Finance with Shane White. So, so excited to announce them to all of you. Uh, Routine was founded by a husband and wife with one simple goal, establish healthy routines for healthy lifestyles. The founders tried a lot of hydration and wellness supplements and found that most are full of sugar, synthetic ingredients, and were also made overseas in uncontrolled environments and didn't accomplish what they claimed to do. Instead of, in running in, sorry, instead of reinventing the wheel, uh, Routine looked to time-tested natural ingredients that generations of parents have trusted. They focused on creating products that keep those natural ingredients whole but make them more convenient for our modern, busy lives. Their newest product is called Mo- Morning Routine. Um, just so you know, when we sleep, we lose around a pound to a pound and a half of water, expelling vapors, sweat, etc., each packet of morning routine, which they come in a single serve packet, little tear away packet you dump in water. Each packet contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, and Himalayan sea salt. This combination has all six essential electrolytes and most importantly, no sugar. As I mentioned, it's just a one uh, serving tear packet that you dump in around 20 ounces of water. Um, they suggest you start your day with this. That's why it's called morning routine. And as always, routine is made up of trusted ingredients made convenient. The link to routine is in the show notes. If you want to just go and find that, click and it'll take you to their website or you can go to yourroutine.com. And as an offer from routine to all of my listeners, if you'd like to get 30%, which is a huge discount to start off, 30% off your first order at yourroutine.com or again, link in the show notes. At checkout, use code ShaneWhite30 to get 30% off. All right, everybody. Hope you guys check out Routine. Um, you know, as you all know, I normally always share with you guys brands, um, products that I'm passionate about. Um, you know, I've talked about Robinhood, talked about Whoop in the past, and Routine is no different. Um, I do believe in what they're building. I love their products. Uh, morning Routine um, has been something that I've been taking and have seen great results. I honestly just feel more energized. Um, I feel more hydrated, if that makes sense. Like I really do. Um, and so I think you guys will love the product. And as always, like I said, um, if you use Shane White 30, you can get 30% off your first order. So it's a great way to try out the product and see if it's something that you can enjoy. All right, everybody. The next episode is up right after this. live with another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I am pumped today to have Carrie Roberts on the show from Everripe. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Would you mind giving everyone just a little intro to yourself and to the brand? Sure thing. Sure thing. So I'm Carrie Roberts, co-founder of Everripe. And today we make a superfood smoothie kit 
that is unique um, and nothing like we've seen on the planet in that it is shelf stable. And we do that using freeze dried fruit with fruits. So we have pieces of real freeze dried fruits and a packet of superfoods and we store in the pantry for months. Um, so you're always just kind of 60 seconds away from a 10 ingredient superfood smoothie. And you just add a cup of ice and a cup of liquid and, and you're good to go. Wow, love it. No, I, I, I found you originally, I think on LinkedIn and like went to, I think I went to your website and immediately was like, oh, this is just a great idea. Like this is, I feel like I can't tell you how many times me and my wife have been like, we just want a smoothie. And it's, it always is like overly complicated or we don't have the yeah. right fruit or it's not good fruit or so love, love the concept, Would love to know just like, you know, all the way back to the beginning, like where did the idea come from? Um, and like, how did you get started with the whole concept? Right. So I cannot take full uh, credit for the inception and the, the, the inventor is my co-founder, Greg. And it, it you know, comes sort of born out of exactly what you described. He was making his own smoothies every morning. He was chopping fresh fruits and vegetables. His pantry looked like an apothecary full of superfoods. He had done so much research and experimenting. And, you know, he was finding that it was taking him 20 minutes to make a nutritious smoothie, yeah, not, okay. you know, and that's before you even open the fridge and you've got fuzzy raspberries, right. Or you're out of something or your bananas are bruised. And, um, so he switched to a big tub of powder. Okay. They kind of like stir it up, hold your nose, chug it down. And he just felt like he was eating for pure function. And you know, like most founders, it wasn't necessarily that he started, you know, set out to start a business, but rather he kind of thought there has to be something in this space in between, you know, okay. all yeah. the work um, that comes with a fresh, you know, um, routine to all of the powders. And when he didn't find anything, he was based in Toronto. Uh, this is a few years ago. Um, and now there are some frozen options that get delivered to your home, you know, sort of similar concept. But I think goodness every day that he was in Canada and didn't have access to that on Google. And so he decided to take a crack at, at creating something himself. And he partnered with uh, a local chef and a holistic nutritionist. And the brief was, can we create something that has all the sensory joy of seeing real foods mm. and smelling real foods with all the convenience of powder. And then their discovery process led them to freeze drying, which oh, okay. is just the, I mean, that's the technology. It's not a technology, but we call it one that just unlocks all of the benefits that make Everripe really, really innovative. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would you mind giving everyone a little, I mean, people who don't know the difference between freeze dried and the other ways of, yeah, of I would love processing to. food, how that works. I feel like I could spend my whole life giving <laughs> PSAs for freeze dried because it is, I think about to explode. Um, so freeze drying is a completely natural technology, same as freezing or putting something in your fridge. Okay. Um, and, and it has these really cool roots in that it was, it was first discovered hundreds of years ago, high in the Andes mountains, the Inca tribes used to actually take potatoes and submerge them in glacial streams, getting that cold, 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 and then lay them out on the rocks, getting the sun to dry them. And then they would basically step on them, like kind of like, like grapes and winemaking to take all of the moisture out. Oh, wow. And they were left with these pieces of potato that they would, would that never went bad. 
So again, it's like an ancient art Whoa. that kind of went dormant until rediscovered by NASA and the military in the 1900s. Um, and so it's got this really fascinating roots, but what it does and why it's so magical um, is that it basically renders fruits and vegetables forever ripe, which is the kind of the inspiration for our name, ever oh, ripe. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they'll never go bad, ever. Ever. You take them, yeah, you take the moisture out of something, and in theory, as long as it is, you know, stored properly, your raspberry will last forever, and it maintains 98% of the nutrients, so even more than traditional freezing. Oh, wow. So now you've got, yeah, it's, a, it's like all the cellular structures intact, and now you've got this lightweight sculpture of a raspberry that can last forever, still nutritious, and since this is a a finance podcast. Yeah. Operationally, we have um, this huge benefit in terms of from an e-commerce and shipping perspective. All of our smoothies are less than two ounces. So you're immediately, you take the water out of something, right? And you're really light. It's like the exact so, opposite problem of like a beverage company. Right? Totally. Yeah, it's exactly. literally like the, the flip exactly. side. So we have, uh, we have the blessing of being able to ship for USPS letter rates. Whoa. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the magic in, yeah. in this concept, in addition to all the, the benefits for the consumer. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. And then, the, you know, the last, the last thing that makes us feel really good is right now, I think the latest stat in the U S is that 60% of fruits and vegetables end up in landfill. And that really? is just is that tra- high tragic. Yeah. Between restaurants, what doesn't sell at the supermarket, ugly produce and what you don't keep up with in your fridge. Oh my God. That's it's, crazy. It's, it's really, really tragic. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I feel like there's a higher purpose one day for freeze drying. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, to it makes really sense. help a broken food system. Wow. So how did, I mean, obviously your co-founder kind of maybe had the initial inspiration. Do you remember like the first batch or like the aha moment when you guys figured out that this was something maybe you guys could bring to market? Yeah. Yeah. And that's when sort of like, that's when I entered the business. So once, okay. once they had discovered the concept could work and they were starting to play around in the, in a, you know, in a kitchen, a personal yeah. kitchen, um, you know, putting recipes in Tupperware containers. Um, that was when Greg thought, okay, I think I'm onto something. Um, and I'd love some marketing and consumer help. And so right. we were introduced, this is really early days. There was no brand. There was literally just an idea and a, and Tupperware containers. And, and that sort of my background was, um, CPG marketing, market research, consumer insights, branding. Um, so yeah, I started really just, um, kind of quoting on doing some workshops, running some focus groups. And the more I discovered the opportunity, the idea that, cause you know, e-commerce really didn't exist way back when I was in CPG, but the idea that you could have clean convenience, no sugars, no preservatives in the center of the aisle for retailers. I just could tell he was onto something so big that I, I asked him to rip up our contract and, and to take me on. <laughs> yeah. And so we complement each other just perfectly um, in that he's kind of got the ops. He runs, you know, most of the finance ingredient sourcing, our manufacturing and and, and I, um, I help with the, the branding and the, and the messaging and all of that. Love it. No, that's so cool. I mean, it seems like to me, like 
free i've heard of freeze-dried fruit before this and but it's amazing like I, how did you guys come up with the the smoothie concept so i mean it sounds like you, you basically figured out like the concept of freeze-dried fruit was something that you could you could market it sounds like and then you were like but wait we could make this into like pre-made smoothie in a package type concept like how did you go from zero to one from, yeah that i mean yeah. obviously figuring out the freeze-dried fruit sounds like that was a huge huge hurdle of like how do we like that's like the concept behind the brand but then like to what you have today i mean that's that's still different right so what what yeah. was like the keys there you know what it's funny that I'm, i don't think i've ever shared this part of the story but like the epiphany moment the, that crazy aha was um when greg went to visit his dad in florida and his dad's retired and he's living down in florida and i think every sunday greg's dad makes his own little cereal basically combines these cereal in cereal in, in mason jars and he oh, okay. layers on some yeah he layers on some oats and then he'll layer on some some seeds and then he'll layer on some nuts and then he'll layer on some dried fruit and he basically puts like monday to friday in these mason jars and oh, greg was funny. watching him and thought wait a minute if i could do that for my smoothie that would be amazing yeah but you can't do that with perishable products so the freeze drying was definitely part of the discovery, but it was important to Greg that he kind of recreate his dad's cereal with fruit and, and, it, and freeze drying was just such a natural place. So we've kind of backed into this product. And, you know, I'd love to say that we had the genius to create something that was designed to be e-commerce, you know, profitable and okay, designed yeah. to be really nutritious. But, you know, like most founders, it really just kind of starts from one person's problem. Yeah. Right. right. And then you realize, wait, if this could change, if this could change my morning, you know, I got to, I got to take a crack at sharing this with the world. Got it. Oh yeah. That's really cool. And then for you, like, you mean, you said at the very beginning, like you, uh, maybe it's before we started recording, but you said you, you, you kind of came up in the CPG world, worked for big CPG and marketing for you. Like I'd always, I'm always curious too, for founders, like you kind of obviously at that point you understand the landscape of what maybe you're getting into but when you're approached with like this concept for you i'm sure that was that a scary moment was that a, like how did you decide <laughs> like yeah i'm gonna jump ship from like the, you know what i've done my entire career to like go at a, to a startup like at that right. you know what i mean i'm always curious of like how you thought through that and and what finally made you jump was it just like the concept you just love the idea or what was it i think it's all that and i was having more fun helping Greg than I was like in my day job, helping yes, these massive okay. brands, right? So every minute that I spent with Greg thinking and tinkering and talking about the consumer and, you know, trying to create what's our brand going to be, what's it going to stand for? What are we going to call it? Every minute I found just so full of joy um, that it was such an easy, it was an easy decision. And Greg and I are both, you know, very fortunate in that we've got kind of you know, family that, you know, my, our, our spouses kind of can carry the load with, with, um, to let us give us the financial freedom to go ahead and just take a shot at this. Got it. Love um, that. you know, I really do. I really do. It is a, um, it's a massive, it's a massive leap. Yeah. Um, it's a massive leap, but yeah, I just, I found every minute that I was working for myself, um, and, and in service to this brand and still today, and it's been a couple of years and it is not easy. I mean, it's not easy. Sure. I mean, you know, I'm still the one, you know, sometimes, you know, putting labels and sweeping the floor and uh, all of it. And um, 
it's still, there's still something about it that just feels so fun and in the trenches. And I hope I remember this day when, yeah. you know, um, yeah. Do you, would you mind giving everyone a little, I would love to go deeper into that. Like, I think for people who've never worked, I got, I'll back up. I worked at two very large corporations before I joined, joined RX. When I joined RX, it's hard to, it's hard to explain to people like the feeling you get for even working for a small company. Just like to your point, like every time you send out a package, like you're a part of that. And like, just, just so many little things. And I even came in when once RX was, you know, we were about to be acquired. So it was a little later, but for you, could you maybe explain to people just like, I don't know, like what, what is it that, that like gets you so excited that gets you so into waking up and working on ever ripe every day that you didn't feel when you were not working for yourself. Right. Well, I think if it's, I, th I think some people are wired for it and some people are not. Okay. Um, and well, I'd love to talk in a bit about how like it really is a, a, a mental and emotional roller coaster week to week. But the good parts um, are that you are steering the ship. You every day are making all the decisions, right? The buck stops with you. And um, the more work you put in, it's just, it's just so cause and effect immediately compared to some of the brands that, you know, you and I probably are, are used to working on things where, you know, somebody has an idea, you call that T equals zero, maybe 18 months later, maybe something's yeah. come of it, right? right? Um, but you just get to iterate and try things and, um, and, and Connecting with customers and consumers is like the best. Getting a getting a love letter from a customer is it's just the kind of thing that on your darkest day, and there are many moments that just totally just like kicks you in the ass, gets you right back on the treadmill. Yeah. And, yeah, you, okay. and you turn and you turn up and you turn up <laughs> the speed, right? Like we we got a letter from a a nurse, an emergency room nurse during COVID that said, I used to eat from the vending machines and now I'm bringing this smoothie oh, wow. to work and I'm more energized and, you know, she's thanking us and like, you know, I immediately send her free product. Like you, you <laughs> I was just, you know, in sure, tears yeah. and, you know, here, share this with your colleagues and thank you for, for what you're doing, but we'll, we'll get stuff like that. And it just, you just don't get that from a big CPG company or a big company of any sort where you're like, feel like you're in people's kitchens and help, and talking to them about the difference you're making. It's probably, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I know the first time I saw, or actually at RX, when you start, you spend, uh, not anymore. We used to spend the, everyone that started, no matter if you were coming in to be the CFO or coming in to be whatever entry level, anything you spent the first two weeks in customer service, like actually yeah. answering, answering the phones emailing people. And one of the powerful things of that was like, I mean, you're actually talking to consumers, especially me, a finance person at two large corporations before that I was miles away from our customers. Right. So I can resonate with that. I mean, that's, it's a powerful thing. I'm sure like for you putting all of this time and energy and work to then gets all the way to a shelf. Someone buys it, tries it and like changes their, their really their wellness. That's pretty powerful. It's pretty cool. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Um, would love to also know, so like one of the things that I always find interesting is like the first few batches, like obviously <laughs> like the product you have now wasn't number one. Do you, obviously, and you said like you came in after there were already some like 
you know, small samples going, but do you remember like the very first few iterations and how far has it come since then? Yeah. Yeah. And it's wildly different from then that it is now. And um, I don't know who I was listening to, but someone, some, one of the founders, uh, you know, farther ahead than me once said, you know, if you're not embarrassed by your first product, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't test and fail. Um, But we started out in a really, you know, very different place. We started out really sophisticated. We were experimenting with, you know, we were over-engineered, completely over-engineered, which works great if you're going to make it in the kitchen and sell it at a farmer's market. That works. Yeah. If If you want to find a manufacturing partner, if you want to sell it to, you know, um, if you want to sell it beyond California and New York, which is, which is our big purpose is, is to really try to, to scale to the point where we can be affordable for the average family to, you know, serve this. So, you know, in order to do that, I think that there are some financial realities. So we had to go from, you know, 14, hundred percent organic bespoke ingredients down to eight or nine and we're still really sophisticated from a nutrition standpoint we've got things like turmeric and bee pollen and beetroot powder and hemp and we've got really really great i don't want to take anything away from our our you know nutrition credentials but um but we realized you know first and foremost for any food founder if it doesn't taste good enough to buy again you don't have a business you just yeah that's so true right Um, and so for us, it was like, okay, here's what we need to do. We need to create fruit forward smoothies that taste amazing. And then we want to sneak in the nutrition. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So there's so many other, you know, you can make a smoothie at home that is the most nutritious thing, you know, and maybe you can tolerate it. And maybe you're going to do that from January 1st to January 18th. Yeah. (laughs) Like we want, we want. I kind of, I, I'm That's sure I didn't, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm positive I didn't make this up, but we keep saying like clean and craveable. Like that's what we oh. want to be clean, convenient and craveable. Those are like our three C's. We can, if we can do that. Um, and so we pivoted to a far more approachable. I know it's a podcast, but it's, we've got like- That looks great, we'll banana. be on YouTube too. So that looks good. Oh, good, okay. We even like created like a chocolate and banana. Oh, um, oh that looks know, delicious. So, that's a, that's my right up my alley. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'll definitely send some your way after this. But, oh, thank um, you. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think once we realized, okay, number one, taste first. Number two, if we can do that, we can help so many more people. Yeah. There are, you know, there are thousands of brands creating in the niche wellness space, and many of them are incredible. We're not that. We are, you know, we are healthy for anyone. We help a mom whose kid will only eat chicken nuggets seven days a week, and she puts down a, you know, chocolate superfood smoothie with hemp heart and cocoa and flax. Like, if we can help that mom feel like a better mom that's the win. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we're fun. We've really changed our, um, changed our whole tactic in terms of who we were going after and what that product needed to do for them. Got it. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys definitely have a product that, you know, you could in, in some parts trick, 
kids into into think you know what I mean they don't know they're eating something or drinking something healthy for you know where a lot of brands it's a huge struggle is trying to like get healthy food into you know especially the younger demographics that's really interesting I hadn't thought about that yeah yeah and we're you know we we're we've we've got case studies from everybody in terms of like we have we had a you know a, a young man who was trying to get his dad to just eat healthy and like this is the thing that did it so oh wow um yeah we've we've we really do uh we really do run the gamut and um and you know as a marketer it's some of the some of the hard part is like who is who okay but who's our bullseye yeah who who would you say your bullseye is then today when we launched this product at the very beginning we would have said this is a urban millennial educated right i mean i think a lot of us fall back on that and I'm a big believer in launch, learn, listen. Your consumer is going to tell you who they are. Mm. You, you don't have a brand until the market tells you you have a brand. And so okay. I think my market research background just constantly has me digging for data and listening. And so our consumer is definitely a suburban woman. She's older than we thought. You know, she's probably trying to fight the clock and looking for easy, she's busy. She, you know, is, is looking for an easy routine that she can stick to. She's overwhelmed with a diet culture that has like a new devil every seven to eight years. Yes. You know, I mean, who knows? I mean, that's, that's one of the things I'm most passionate about is you know, I've been around long enough to watch the low fat, the high sugar, the South Beach, you know, and now it's keto. And, I, you know, I don't begrudge any of it. Um, we just aren't playing there. We're, we're playing in just real plants. Love That's that. It. Yeah. You know, if, you know, if you could, we have about as much sugar as, as an apple. And, we, you know, if people, if the American diet included more apples, we'd all be in a better place. So we're, we're kind, of, we're kind of in that space. <laughs> yeah. No, you got, you actually, I saw it on your website. You guys did a good job of like framing that on the website of just like going through the diet fads. I know like that's something is so true. Just like how it seems like everywhere you turn something else is bad. And like, what do you trust? What do you believe? But like, that's true. If you just go back to like the roots of even just fruit, right? Like if people ate more fruit instead of other things, most of the time, that's probably a way healthier option. Yeah, there's a lot of nutrients. There's a lot of fiber. Um, we're all terrified of sugar right now. There's something called fruit fear. Um, oh, really? Is that a thing? I, you know, fruit yeah, fear? Yeah. I had heard that. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, you know, fruit is not the problem in the American diet. Okay. It's yeah. not. Right. No, I, I would have <laughs> to agree, right? <laughs> Very few people are probably eating way too much fruit, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. exactly, exactly. That no it makes so, a ton of sense. Um, we just kind of want to cut through all that and make it simple for people. And you right. really do feel good. Like that. That's the other thing is I wish, I wish, you know, myself included, I wish we gave ourselves more space to listen to our bodies right after we put something in it. You know, how sure. do you feel when you go through the drive-thru half an hour later? How do you feel? Yeah. You go through the drive-thru and you know, how do you feel when you eat a salad or run into smoothie? Right. Well, and that's, and I think that's, that's what was interesting too. When I found your guys' brand was, I was like, you know, I, I think sometimes that's one of the easiest ways people tend to eat unhealthy. It's just like, it's not convenient enough. Right. Yeah. And there's lots of brands that are trying to make it convenient, but I don't know. 
I would pick a smoothie over a lot of things if I was in a crunch and needed to eat something quick. And, and to be honest, like the struggle I always have is time and it's a mess. Yeah. I mean, that's right. like, that's like the thing. Like if it's not the weekend, I honestly, I don't feel like getting like the blender out and like cutting everything up and mixing it, but having like a scoop to put in a shaker and like get out and get going or whatever I'm doing or go back to the, the, my desk. Like that's a no brainer. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you guys have been in business for, can you remind me when you guys like first launched and how long, so how long it's been? We launched some of those earlier over-engineered prototypes in 2019. Yeah. Okay. So I thought. Yep. Um, and then I would, this, this sort of expression of the product, we just launched um, in 2020. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really new. So, so new. Really new. So for you guys, obviously, like I said, we, this is a little bit finance focused. So for you, I, I mean, I immediately, whenever I talk to brands, I'm always thinking like PL angle, just because that's where I live. I live in a, I live in PLs. So for you guys, knowing how light it is, how efficient it is, um, doesn't really affect this question that I, I'm about to ask. But for you guys, um, how did you think through? And I think it's interesting because it feels like every founder has a slightly different way of thinking about it. How did you guys think about bootstrapping versus raising capital? And just like, how did, have you guys gone through that process of, are you self-funding it? Are you guys looking for investors? All that. Great. Well, um, we have been bootstrapped. We are bootstrapped today. Love it. Um, and, and, you know, I think that while that road is really, really, it's not for the faint of heart to be bootstrapped. I mean, yeah. you have to, we are, we are constantly um, turning down opportunities. Like I said, like, you know, I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm putting labels on, I'm sweeping the floor. I'm answering consumer e- emails. My phone is our chat bot on our website. I oh, kid wow. You not. Really? My, yeah. Like middle of dinner with my family. I like chatting a consumer. I mean, we are stretching every dollar right now. Okay. And the benefit to me, the benefit of that is we are, we have this magnifying glass on what moves the needle all the time. Okay. We are, I think at, at this point now, um, we have been, you know, asking ourselves the question, is this a scalable business? Is this a scalable business? And, you know, right. a few things you need to, the formula for that is, you know, will customers buy it? Will they come back again? Will they come back again? I mean, that's the sort of like one number that we live and die by our repeat numbers. Um, We keep iterating our production. Every run gets better. And finally, in the last last half of last year, last quarter, even, we were finally getting repeat numbers that blew away anything that I'd seen in my CPG career. So so it's it's kind of like now we've got something, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, so... so, you know, two years of slugging it out, managing every dollar really, really carefully and in and in a disciplined way. Now we're going to be, you know, raising our seed round. And, you know, I feel like hand on heart now that I can tell an investor, A, we will we will steward that investment as carefully as we have our own. Okay. Yeah. Because we've done it. We're going to be in incredibly, you know, careful, but also, you know, seeing our growth, we, we, we couldn't keep up with demand in January and we actually sold out. We're just coming back online. 
Oh, congrats. I mean, that's, a, well, that's yeah. you know, out of all the problems in the world, that's a good, that's probably a bad one. Yeah, I, exactly. Not the best, I, but it, better. Exactly. It is, it is, it is not, it's, 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 it's what you want until it happens to you. And then you realize like, oh God, all these sales that we, you know, we've, we're, we're turning away business, uh, yes. which is not something you ever want to do. But, um, but now I feel like we're on that launch pad and I could, you know, I feel like I, I could take money from my mother. That was that, that's kind of like, yeah, that's no, where we're sense. at is like, okay. we're not going to take on funding until we would take money from our own mothers and we're there now. Got so it. the next few months are, are um, we'll see us, uh, look for, look for, for funding. Okay. Love it. So what, um, I mean, did you get, are you guys thinking about a seed round as um, like, are there things that it's going to unlock? Is there like, you know, is it future growth? Is it just inventory? Like, what are the things for the listeners? Like, I, cause I think that this is a really cool story. Like, I mean, I think if you can bootstrap, obviously, I mean, I'm a big proponent for that. I'm also maybe a little more, um, I don't know, financially, I, I would, if I'm in any business endeavor, I like to be a little more conservative. So like, if you can bootstrap it, obviously, you know, you, you control your destiny a little more. Um, but w- how did you guys get to the point where you and your co-founder were like, okay, like now is that time that we would accept money from our mothers or like, what does that unlock for you guys? Um, so should the first part of your question, I'll answer first. So it was that sustained repeat. So consumer appetite coming back, you know, month over month growth for sure. Um, you know, selling out doesn't help that, but it certainly yeah, sure. does help in terms of, it tells a great demand story, not a great revenue story. Um, and then knowing that, you know, our manufacturing partner was starting to produce it really consistently. So, you know, can we scale you know, and build that consumer demand. So that answers sort of the first part of your question in that, okay, now we can go and build this into something big. And, you know, it's really just going to unlock for us um, the marketing engine that we need to, okay. to grow. Yeah, We've got five flavors today, you know, because we listen to our consumers so much, we know exactly where they want us to go next. We definitely have an innovation pipeline. Um, I see the potential for what we are doing. And this is one of the things that gets me really jazzed up and excited. So I, you know, talking about freeze drying, we're a smoothie company today, but I see, I see the potential for this to be a platform of recipes facilitated by freeze drying. So you think about just combining other fruits and vegetables into recipes um, it could easily extend into um, soups and other categories where we're sort of, you know, just clean food in your pantry that you, you know, blend up. Um, oh, love that. Uh, yeah. So there's, a, I think there is. I mean, a, even like your, like, so even like your initial thing you brought up of like how this whole concept came about. I mean, that was potatoes, right? So exactly. you're saying it could be vegetables and other things that are freeze dried that become part of your staple. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, there, so there's a, there's a, a massive opportunity, I think. Uh, and we're learning all the time about combining. We've got a lot of uh, ideas in the hopper uh, in terms of like long-term innovation. And we're, we're at the point now where we uh, we're, we're choking our own growth. Yeah. That makes sense. And you need, you need to grow fa- like you need the money or you need the head count, whatever it may be just to grow faster. Got exactly. it. Exactly. Love exactly. that. Do you, this, this, this one here, uh, the next question um, is, I I see this, I mean, I'm I, my light bulbs are going off even for you guys, just like how many things I can think of in our kitchen now that, you know, I could see Everripe being on the label, um, which is exciting to think about. Why do you think, 
and you've worked in big CPG. Why do you think big CPG hasn't tried to go? I love this question. Hasn't, haven't gone down this route before to try to, you know, make something similar. It is such a good question. I, I, you know, if I knew the answer, I probably wouldn't have spent the last two years dedicating my life yeah. to this, right. this company. But I mean, think about, think about everything in our food system right now, traveling around the country and the globe in heavy glass jars with water. Yeah. Oh, a good right? point. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many categories. I mean, think of like a, a pasta sauce. You know, anybody who was willing to just put a little bit of DIY, right, into throwing, you know, if we could, we could put a, we could just as easily create a, a, a pasta sauce yeah. out of this and you add your water, blend it up, you know, add boiling water, blend it up. There's, there's a massive opportunity oh, to yeah. change, yeah, to change uh, the retail. And so, uh, you know, I'm just, I feel like we're just in the starting gates with all of this. And yeah, I would agree. I'm so excited. Yeah. That is exciting. I yeah. mean, so like, cause right where my head goes right away. I mean, I've spent most of my career in e-commerce. So that's just like, I was at walmart.com. So I've been on both sides of the fence of how e-commerce has just evolved over the last decade. It's been crazy for you guys. What I, we was, we call it RX um, products that are really good for e-com. We call high ring, which is just oh, like cool. for yeah. every, you know, every pack that is shipped to Amazon, you, you can, there's basically less air than there is product, right? And it's light. If the lighter even is like another variable that makes it better, but really like the, the most amount of space you can make up of product that actually has dollars attached to it versus air yeah. is the higher the ring. For you guys right away, I mean, I, I was thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, this is like, it's almost like shipping space food. Like it's like basically you're, there's, I mean, it's like you said, it's so light and it's perfect for e-commerce. Is that, has that been a huge avenue for you guys in these first few years of just, getting on Amazon or getting on online in general and growing that way? That is how we are kind of pitching our story in terms of learning, um, you know, owning that customer. So right now we are only in three channels. We're only on our own website. We are only on Amazon and we're only on walmart.com. Got it. Okay. Those Love are it. So it, it just has let us control our own growth. I mean, you and I both know the, um, P&L goes in a totally different direction once you get into retail. Yeah. We are readying our unit economics right now um, to be prepared for that because, you know, you don't, you don't get to a big, meaningful household brand without being in every grocery store. We know, we know that needs to be a part of our story. Yeah. Um, but right now, you know, we get to build the brand online. We get to take advantage and exploit our shipping efficiencies. And there's just a ton of, we're still so nascent. Yeah. There's a ton, there's a ton of room to grow um, in e-commerce before, before we need to think about, you know, slicing up the pie all the ways that retail asks you to. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole, I mean, I didn't know that until I, I joined the company, obviously RX, but it, um, getting into retail is wild. I mean, it's a wholly different world. I mean, the way you guys did it though, is so smart. I mean, getting online and growing a user base online, you get to control so much. You get to also learn so much more about your consumer. Like you just right. you don't get that access once you're in stores. And to your point from like a financial perspective, I mean, if you do it right, e-commerce can be, you know, your most profitable channel. So that's right. It's exciting to hear you guys are doing it that way. And we're such data nerds that we are, are like our path. We see, we see it as a, a very deliberate 
path one day to retail. So we've got a long view to retail. Um, we're constantly watching where are our consumers coming from? Are they, you know, suburban? Are they urban? Are they, are they in the South because it's hot? Are they in the Northeast? Are they, and so, you know, for us, it's like kind of understanding where are those pockets of real consumer demand? Can we nurture those? Can we go in, fuel some marketing, like, you know, hypercharge a, a region um, and then, you know, be able to take a story into a retailer that says, okay, we've already got a pocket of demand here Yeah. because we know there's no such thing as like field of dreams retail, right? You don't put something on a shelf and they come. It just right. doesn't, right? Doesn't it doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. What's that saying? All... They say it's, it's, it's easier to get stuff on the shelf and get it off the shelf. Exactly. It's like the key is to sell it. Keep exactly. It yeah. And I, I think that's where so many founders, you know, I think they're so focused on like building those doors and building those doors that where, you know, the stories that I feel are most heartbreaking is when, you know, the bottom falls out because the velocity just isn't there. Yeah. Um, and so we are, I wouldn't say reluctant, but we're going to be really careful about um, nurturing a, a story around particular target retails, we know exactly who we'd like to go to first and why. And, um, you know, if we could write our own story, it would be that we're taking in a category story already that says, here's, you know, here's where you should put us, here's why, and here's who she is that's coming in and what else she's buying and all of that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's super smart. The, the one thing I I feel like I hear a lot of founders say too, they're worried about uh, getting in retail quick, which you just kind of hit on. Um, but the one thing that's interesting that I've, I've started to learn and you see it and it sounds like you guys are doing this exact same thing is if you're able to build a business online and then go into retail, you also right. have the power of like, well, we have a business online already. Like we don't need to be in those stores. So you have a lot more leverage than if it's the other way around where you need the stores to get, you know, the sales you need to make either shareholders happy or to k- keep your bottom line happy. Um, so it's really interesting because I, I, I mean that there's not a ton of brands that have done it that way. And it, I've, most of them I've heard it's, it's always worked out in the best in the end. So, right. And exciting. it's easy for me to sound really smart, but really it's our shipping efficiencies that, that make it a no brainer for us. Sure. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't want to, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not a, a PhD in early stage brand, but if I had a beverage, you know, I, you would need to be, Yeah. you know, if I had yeah. something really heavy to ship and, and reaching my customers was expensive. I would need that retail. So right. it, it, it really is, is. It's so true. Yeah. It really does yeah. depend on, you know, on the economics of the product you sell for sure. hundred percent. Right. Right. Well, that's exciting. I mean, you guys are doing some really cool stuff. Obviously you, you kind of alluded to there being, um, you know, a whole ideas, a whole, you know, path for innovation in the future. Um, and I know you guys are early, but has there been any, you know, what has been, I guess maybe run out of inventory is a good example, but what have been some of the, like, what's like the one major hurdle early on in this company's life that you look back on already, you feel like you've learned a ton that the audience could, you know, learn something from if they're thinking about starting a company. Oh gosh, there's so many of those. Um, one of the things that we did that I, uh, again, you know, you, I, I don't, you don't regret any failure if it, if you learn from it, right? Right. Um, so our, our newest expression of our products and thinking about helping more Americans and, you know, coming out with products that are a little more fruit forward and far more delicious was really inspired by a, an, 
opportunistic meeting with a Walmart executive that led to a test in store at Walmart. Um, we completely redesigned our whole product to take advantage of that opportunity. Oh, wow. Um, and so, you know, thank goodness it happened because, you know, I might still be sitting here trying to that manage that 15 ingredient smoothie with, you know, really, really, you know, sophisticated um, ingredients. But so we had a chance meeting with a, a, a VP at Walmart that oh, happened wow. at a conference. Yeah. And it was such validation in the concept when this person turned the package over, looked at the back, read the ingredients, saw like no sugar, no preservatives and said, we need to have something like this. And um, within five minutes at that conference, he had set up a meeting for us to come to Bentonville. Oh, wow. Pitch. And that yeah, just that's a big happen. deal. Yeah. No, it does not. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And so that that's one of like a hundred moments where I was thinking like, aha, this is our big break. This is it. This is, you know, and off we go. I'm sure leaving um, that, yeah, leaving that yeah. moment, you were probably on totally. high, just like, couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we sprint, we completely redesign our packaging, make it a little more retail friendly. We redesign all our ingredients. We complete, like it's a brand new product when we come, you know, getting onto retail stores in Walmart, January, uh, end of January, February, 2020 and COVID. Yes. And Lovely. so, um, it's really kind of a twofold. We're not in Walmart anymore. We okay. had a wonderful relationship with our buyer. She was so collaborative. She loved what we were doing. She desperately wanted it to work. Uh, between COVID shutting down any discovery of new ideas in store. Yeah. Um, and the price point that we, we just could not hit today, a price point that makes this doable for a Walmart shopper. And yeah, so... Tough. We knew, I mean, we, we knew going in that this, you know, retailer wasn't going, wouldn't have been our first choice, but when Walmart knocks on your door, you definitely don't say no. And, um, so, uh, you know, I would say that, that I, I hate to even call it a failure that experiment, you know, really we, a, we wouldn't have the iteration. We wouldn't have the expression of our product that we did if we didn't have that door open for us. So you know, thank goodness every day for that chance meeting. And it really helped us understand, you know, maybe who we, we aren't yet ready for, maybe what price we need to be while we scale. So the idea of, you know, staying, staying premium, and I hate that word, but basically, you know, we have to make money, it, you know, yeah. we, we have to make right. money. Sorry, right. our unit economics have to be such that, um, our, we won't lose sight of the long-term goal, which is we want to be right for that Walmart buyer one day as we scale and grow. And we do want to relax our prices. Got it. Yeah. Um, so the vision is that, but, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a poor, poor timing and um, too early for us to be in Walmart. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those, I mean, I'll, I'll honestly like once in a lifetime situations too, like launching in Walmart right before COVID, like, I mean, that's one yeah. piece of it. Yeah. What, what is like the, on the flip side, do you, it sounds like you guys had a great relationship with the buyer, which is key. And what didn't sound like you guys, like, you know, the bottom fell out, like you talked about where you like burn the relationship and burn the, the opportunity in the future. So 
for people listening, is that it sounds like this is a, I haven't I haven't really talked to a founder who's gone through this. So it sounds like like there's definitely an open door in the future if pricing can be in the right place because the buyers love the product. At the end of the day, if the food is good, that's like step one. Right. And, you know, I feel like, you know, what's really surprised me about um, our buyer and the buying team that we were working with is that they really do have the consumer and the shopper's best interest at heart. And they really do. And I think most grocery buyers, they really do want to do the right thing for mm-hmm. consumers. And, and, and we all know that a lot of what we've been eating for the past several decades is not helping our health. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was, it was with the very best of intentions, right from the top of the organization down and through with our buyer and the door was left wide open as you guys grow, we will figure this out. Oh, that's awesome. Um, this isn't, yeah, this is probably, you know, we'll see you again. This is not goodbye. So, yeah, um, yeah. But, but to, you know, to that point earlier that they immediately recognized like, wait a minute, like fruit on a, in the center of store, fresh, like fresh fruits in the center of store, um, that there, there's a great opportunity there for sure. Oh yeah. Especially at, I mean, at Walmart, to your point, that's going to be like the, probably eventually the key retailer to hitting those, you know, those median households of trying to make it attainable for every family in America. Right. 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 But you know, we all have to start with the Publix and the Wegmans and the yeah. Whole Foods and and um and and work our way there to be a mainstream household brand. And, and those retailers too. I mean, there's so many lessons learned. I'm sure uh, you know what I mean by each of those. So the product, who knows what the product will look like by the time you go back to Walmart. Exactly. That's a great story though. I mean, the great way to show that like there's multiple ways to even go after the biggest retailers. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, and a little a little wee brand, you know, can yeah. They, they're making, they're making time and space for that. So, you know, as long as, as long as the math works and you think your consumer, you know, your brand um, is a, is a right fit for a value driven consumer, that's not a bad place to play. Not no. a bad place to try because the volume yeah. is there. Yeah, right. Definitely. The volume's definitely there. Um, well, this, first of all, has been great. The, the kind of the ending section I like to go into is the ones I, I ask every founder. And this is a little bit more like your day in and day out. Um, first one is the question is, um, I always lead with book, but if you're not a reader, whether it's a podcast, source of knowledge, whatever it may be, what is like the most suggested book, again, source of knowledge, whatever it is um, that you would suggest to the audience? Well, for an early stage founder, there's a ton of like theoretical business books and, and, you know, I've read a lot of them. The book that was most practical for us, and certainly if you don't have any food or CPG business, and you might've heard of this one, there's a, a book called Ramping Your CPG Brand by Dr. James Richardson. Never heard of that. Um, and please tag him. It is the book that every single food founder should read. Really? Okay. It is the most honest book about what you're in for, what not to, what not to chase and how to stay the course. It is, it, it's a fantastic book. I want to get it. I'm going to find it on very Amazon. Accessible. It. Yeah, yeah. For anyone listening. So Dr. James Richardson, he's very accessible on LinkedIn. He gives oh, okay. uh, podcasts and, and webinars and he's very reachable. And um, he comes from a research and data background. So he's just got 
like reams of experience based on real data of um, proven, you know, proven methods for growth. Got it. Oh, that's awesome. Great advice. Thank you very much. I'll definitely share that one out in the show notes. Um, this one I love. So, because I've changed what I do here so many times, but for you, obviously you have a million different things going on. You're running a business, you have a family, there's a million things. What do you use to plan goals, to handle daily tasks? Is it just pen and paper? Is it an app? Like what's your thing that like helps you just stay organized and get shit done? I'm embarrassed to say this, but like I am like a list maker every day. Like, and I'm fastidious. There's got to be a box. Okay. I'm really happy when I can find a red pen so that it, the tick in the box is a different color. I'm like, I, there's a, it says a lot about me, but I, am, I love, I love a good to-do list and I love to do it first thing in the morning. And it's kind of a mix of like personal business. It's just like anything that's running through my mind. Um, and there, nothing makes me happier than when I tick every box in a day. Love it. I'm the same way. No, I think it's funny. Every founder that I ask this question to has very, most of them who do the pen and paper things have the exact same reaction, but I would say, I don't, this is a rough number. I bet 90% of the people I've asked have said it's pen and paper. So yeah, no, you're definitely not alone. I I agree. I said, I do pen. I, yesterday was one of those days where I had got everything on my list done and it was like, whoa, it's rare. I actually sit down for a minute at the end of the day and like, and relax. I got everything done. (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's, it's so funny that you say that because when I get to the end of my list, it's jarring. It's like, yeah. wait, what what do I do now? I don't yeah. even, you're like, wait I don't a minute. Like, yeah, yeah. Or you're worried that like there's something really important that didn't make it on the list that you're like, what am I not, what did I not write down that I know I needed to do today? You know what I mean? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. Um, the very last question, cause I know we're running out of time here. Um, and the most important is how can people follow along with your journey? How can people follow along with the brand and get involved? That is such a kind and generous question. Thank you so much. Of course. For that. Yeah. Got it. Got a plug ever, right? Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so if, you know, if you want to check us out, um, and, and, you know, come and give us a try, we have a variety pack. Uh, we don't ask for a subscription, which is, okay. and, and again, we didn't that in terms of the finance and the economics but again another way that we leverage our our costs uh for shipping is that we don't ask you to marry us you can date us you can try a variety pack you can come back as much as you want um so we're a non-subscription smoothie so everwrite.com follow us we're most active on instagram um, in terms of our journey and we've got a newsletter and a blog and all of that great stuff and we let people kind of behind the curtain as much as we can and we share the good and we share the bad and I'm pretty active on LinkedIn um, and share lessons as I go and kind of think of them so uh, it's Carrie Roberts K-E-R-R-Y and I welcome any new connections there for sure Um, and I'm always happy to help a new founder as well I know I'm kind of in this space with some big CPG experience and um and you know, I'm, I'm uh, if I have the time, I always love to help people at, at the very beginning. Yeah, awesome. Okay, I will add all of that to the show notes so everyone can find it. And um, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. it I'm so fun. glad you reached out. Thank you. Absolutely. No, I appreciate it. This is a great way to kick off the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Happy I'm Friday. I'm almost everybody. done my to do list. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Finish off the final few things, and then you're done. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you, Carrie. I appreciate it. Great to talk with you. All right, you too.
Bye-bye. Bye.